Get your popcorn ready for the College Baseball Insider Show with Matt Grissom and Quentin Mills, giving you all the insights and analysis you need for the weekend slate that college baseball has to offer. are your hosts ready to dive into the top matchups what is up for the last time college baseball fans i'm your host matt grissom joined as always by quentin mills who unfortunately made the trip out to omaha saw the one gator win couldn't convince his wife to stay that was the reason that the LSU Tigers are now your 2023 national champs. Can you take us through that middle game? I think we all figured Hurston Waldrop on the mound gave Florida the best opportunity to take one. Outside of, of his performance early, I think he did okay, but the offense really just took over. So kind of take us through your mindset there, if yeah. you will, just kind of what you were feeling in that game too. I'll say one thing about being at the stadium that's a disadvantage is you can't see the strike zone, obviously. So you're kind of limited on commentary. So on Twitter, it sounded like he was throwing pretty well. He just wasn't getting calls. Uh, so that's frustrated. And and from where I was sitting uh, down by the uh, third base foul pole, you could see him getting frustrated. And, and he obviously is a good pitcher, so he knows his own stuff like that. But outside of that, the offense, I think they really took uh, – that four, three and 11 to heart, you know, they were up three to two and eight, uh, Kate Fisher, you know, I feel for him, man. He gave up that tie and home run to Tommy white, you know, and then they had a couple chances to score. And I remember texting you when Wyatt's ball got robbed and, and left field, like that's it, the game's done. And literally like two pitches later it happened. Um, I think they took that to heart and they just, they took their frustrations out. You know, we, we kind of saw glimpses of LSU's dominance on the mound, but, at some point in that tournament, they were going to slip up, and, and I think that was the game. They just were able to fasten everything, you know, back up within 24 hours. It ultimately led them to a blowout win yesterday. So I got to give credit to LSU, but I think that was the game that, you know, we talked about we're going to see from LSU's pitching, and, and we saw it. Um, I think Florida started getting in a rhythm. They started really hot. You know, Kate Carolyn strokes a – Nice shot to start the game yesterday, and then Wyatt comes up with a two-run bomb. And I mean, I, I don't want to put the blame on you know Jack Hagley known, but just the the erraticness on the mound. I mean, in the second inning, it kind of set the tone for that team. When you let him come back like that, that was it. I mean, they're just too powerful. Yeah. He'll learn from it. But. Yeah, and I, that's kind of my biggest pet peeve, I guess, about some of these coaches. I've talked about Dave Van Horn being guilty of it, but I just feel like whether it's you, you just want to trust your guy more or you don't have somebody ready, but they leave guys in way too long. And and you saw it the other night with uh, with Wake Forest leaving Keener in for too long before bringing in Sullivan, and then Sullivan shut it down. And you let the game get out of hand too soon to where no matter what you do, it's it's difficult to overcome. So while I don't think you can win a game in the – second or third inning, I feel like you could definitely lose one. Oh, yeah. And and for whatever reason, like Dave Van Horn, I, 
I'll never forget in game two against NC State in Fayetteville in that super regional. He let a guy stay in there for like three batters too long. And once NC State got the lead, we never could come back. And it was just like a slow, painful death watching us struggle at the plate and lose like 4-3 or whatever it was. But uh, all that being said, game one, I feel like lived up to the hype. You know, this was going to be a, a gauntlet of a matchup. It ended 4-3, and you thought, okay, strap in, because every game is going to get gritty. And then it didn't. Uh, four, <laughs> four runs won you game one, and oddly enough, the loser scores four in the remaining two, getting blown out 24-4 to four and then 18-4 to four by LSU last night. So I know they're your Gators. We all had that futures ticket, too, on them, and I did not hedge it. And after going up 2-0, I'm feeling great. You know, like you said, Greenford uh, yeah. hit that bomb. And I thought I'm, it was it. No, no point in hedging now, and I let it get the best of me. I had a great season, but I feel like it's overshadowed by the ending on a loss. I should have just bet the over. That was my most confident play and just let it ride out. But anyways, do you have anything else? I, think, to uh, well, I was just going to say with the hedging stuff, do you think there was a wrong side to be on yesterday pre, pre-pitch? Because I didn't. I mean, you see the 4-3 game, and then you see the 24-4 now, did, did we expect another, you know, blowout? I, I didn't, per se. Um, I didn't think either side was wrong. I mean, both teams showed the ability to beat up on each other. And, uh, every, you know, I saw the lines kind of bouncing up and down between both teams. But I think you could have yeah. picked either side and been okay. I mean, I know we could have hedged because we were on futures, but I still don't think we were on the wrong side. And I don't think if you took LSU yesterday, you were on the wrong side. I guess the biggest question you've got to ask yourself is if you knew what you knew now, like that Paul Skeens wasn't going to throw, would you have bet Florida? And I feel like nine out of ten people would have said yes. Like there were only a few true diehard LSU fans that I feel like were betting LSU because that line dropped once they announced Thatcher Hurd was starting. Yeah. And you you assumed that Skeens was going to throw, but nobody knew for how long. And so, like, judging that, once that announcement was made, I I was off the hedge. Like, that it didn't make sense for me. Yeah. Because well, I if, thought... I was, if I was betting the game in one isolated game and you told me that it's Thatcher Hurd versus Jack Caglione, I, I'm going to bet the Gators. Yeah, I, I knew there was a chance Keynes was going to pitch, but – I didn't think he was going to start. Uh, I thought because Hurd had starting experience that they were going to go that route and they were going to almost do, you know, what pro teams do. And they don't start their ace. They usually bring them in to close the game out. Uh, And what that kind of tells me is Hurd can get us five, six innings, but we don't trust him to close the game out. And that's the mentality I kind of had with Skeens. It's like if it's close, we're bringing in our best pitcher we have. If they beat us, they beat us, but we're locking this down. So I was actually under the impression that he wasn't going to start, you know, in my mind at all. Um, but I also thought if Skeens doesn't pitch, that Florida might be up two to three, four runs. So there was that also. Because if they're up either way big or losing by a lot, they're not going to chance his arm. And obviously we saw that. We saw Jay Johnson make that right decision yesterday. Yeah. So we're going to have a wild off season. It's uh, 
it's going to be a lot because of the transfer yeah. portal NIL now. I feel like Jay Johnson just put the world of, of LSU baseball on notice. Oh, yeah. I feel like everybody's going to be recruited there. You know, money talks. What do you make of just moving forward in college athletics, the NIL, and I guess you've got to like it. It, it is what it is. But do you think more teams are going to start to, like, nut up so to speak and and play the game or do you think you're just going to have a select few of of coaches that really buy into it like I feel like you know Nick Saban for football for instance he kind of passed it off as which he was probably doing all this way before NIL uh, under the table but (laughs) I feel like he's kind of talked bad about it but now you've kind of started to embrace it just because it's the new way of the world. But as far as buying players, do you think the college baseball coaches as a whole are going to continue to kind of be a purist about it? Or do you think they're going to have to start throwing some money at these kids? I think they're going to throw money. And I think you see that, right? I think the growth of the game, as much as it's growing and the attention it's getting, is really putting the universities, the booster clubs, you know, really on notice, especially these blue blood programs. You know, you just saw Vanderbilt, one of the best teams in the country year in and year out, get a massive stadium upgrade. Tennessee, you know, Mississippi State a few years ago, Florida, brand new stadium. You know, Arkansas has got one of the best facilities in the country. These are the teams that are going to compete. And they also understand that money, money talks. I mean, whether it's facility-wise, recruiting somebody from high school, or, you know, hey, come play with us. Come be an LSU Tiger. We'll pay you $150,000. You know, we want you to be our Friday guy. I I think there's going to be roughly 30 teams that are just going to have to play the game. Some schools, they're just not going to get buy-in because the program doesn't make money. All your SEC schools are going to buy in. You know, your Big 12s, maybe Stanford, maybe UCLA type bit you know, a uh, couple ACC schools, that's the only way you're going to win. I mean, especially with the draft, we just talked about off air. Arkansas has 13 in the top 100, but not all 13 are coming to campus. So you have to fill those voids that you lose. I mean, if they get 10 of them, that's ecstatic, you know, from the draft in two weeks. So if they want to win, they have to recruit. And there's, unfortunately, right now, if you're losing high school kids to the draft, the, the only other option is go get that stud in the portal you know, whether his name's Chase Burns or whoever, but they come at a price. You got to figure out what your price uh, to win is, is what I think comes down to it. So I think they're going to play it. Yeah. I think part of it too is your good teams are just going to get better because the teams they make that money. Yeah. The, the, te- that's what I was getting at is the teams that actually make money on college baseball product, they're the ones, and I was just looking up you look at the teams that actually net profit. You've got, I think TCU is number one, and then it's Ole Miss, Arkansas at three, and the list goes on. But I think at some point you're going to have these smaller schools that can't afford, you know, they're they're operating their college baseball program at a loss annually. Yeah. I mean, they can't afford to throw six figures yeah. if NIL deals towards their players, and that's unfortunate. Well, I, I mean, think that's good for us that we're Arkansas and Florida fans who have, you know, money. money. But yeah, I just think at the end of the day, it's it's going to dilute the 
the entire product as a whole because you're going you're going to get like 10 to 15 top tier teams and then everybody uh, else is yeah. just kind of whatever but i think those 10 to 15 top tier teams will be more even now you know i don't i don't think somebody's going to turn down $250,000 at Clemson or North Carolina to go attend somewhere else for free. You know what I mean? Like they're going to get better. Uh, and then the top elite teams, they are going to lose guys from other teams putting out more money where they would probably get that kid. If there was no money involved because of the name LSU is going to lose a kid to TCU or L you know, to Florida because Florida says I'll pay you 200,000 if they're giving you 150. So I think it's going to level the playing field out a bit for those schools that just have an abundance of cash lying around. Uh, but it's going to hurt the sport in general. Now, what you are seeing, though, in Wake Forest, they had a massive uh, supporting cast of it out in Omaha. They're selling jerseys with these kids' names on it. They've got a company, Athletic Threads or whatever it's called. They're making jerseys for these kids. So they're trying to figure out ways to where it's not coming out of the school. You know, Florida created you know shirts that like the shirt jerseys for their players, and it had their name and number like – they're trying to find ways to get creative and that's, you just have to keep finding ways, whether it's booster money, it's school money or creativity uh, if you want to compete. So uh, unfortunately, if your school is not big enough, you're going to have to work that much harder. The NCAA estimates that less than 10% of baseball programs nationally turn a profit. And that okay. the number is probably closer to 5%. Didn't Oregon the lose their program? for several years and they recently brought it back i mean university of oregon everybody knows them i'm like almost certain they lost their baseball program because of funding i mean it's just not there and then obviously now it is it's the super regional run and all that but a massive school like that sponsored by nike you know phil knight biggest booster backer probably in the entire country uh you can lose a good baseball program. Like it's, they're not like you just said, if it's 5%, I mean, that just tells you where the money's at. We know it's basketball, football. And I mean, baseball is probably third on that list, but by a 10 miles, you know, below it. So um, 5%, 295 teams. That's 15 yeah. basically. Yeah. I mean, so 15 <laughs> teams, like I said, 10 to 15. And we could rattle your, off and probably yeah, hit. It's going to be their yeah. elite schools, but I don't know. I'm I'm excited about college baseball because it's growing. Uh, obviously, Arkansas has got the number one recruiting class, but how many of those guys end up getting drafted, we'll see. I think that paired with what the the transfer portal is going to do, you know, I think it's too early personally to try to make predictions on who's going to be in I mean, Omaha next year. Uh, I feel like. You know, Maybe you not Omaha, dark. but you know LSU is going to be competing for Omaha. Oh, yeah. I mean, top eight, I feel like that would be the easiest to, to go ahead and try to to figure out. But I need to I need to brush up on transfer portal and, and who else is coming back. But right now, I mean, who would you say would be teams that – obviously, Florida. I mean, they've, they've hit the ground running with transfer yeah. portal. Yeah, I hope they can land Billy Amick. I mean, I think that would really put them, you know, ahead of the game. They got to get some pitching. Some, uh, I, I think LSU is going to be there. Uh, another team, I think, is you know TCU. They're getting a lot of word for for Chase Burns. You know, whether they land him or not, I think people want to play there. They got a great coach. 
I think Arkansas is going to be there. You know, it's all your blue bloods. A&M, I think they're going to bounce back. They're just too talented. They started playing really good ball at the end, and they're going to land some, some portal guys, I would imagine. Um, if I had to pick, like, a non-ACC school, um, you know, Texas, Stanford, they're going to be there and in, in, kind of in that top 16 super regional area. Uh, I think Clemson is going to get better with Eric Backich. You know, now it is kind of weird that some of his top talent outside of Caden Grice is leaving. Uh, so that's kind of a story I'd like to to kind of key in on. And then, you know, Alabama's starting to lose a lot of guys too. So what happens to that program, you know, now that they don't even um, – the rumor was there, a lot of the players wanted that interim coach to stay, and he didn't. The Maryland guy got it. So it'll be interesting to see. But I think the top 16 is going to be similar to who we saw this year, to be honest. Yeah. I I think Arkansas will be back, not just because of the – the every 30 years, 64 won football, 94 won basketball. So 24. They return half baseball. All their stud pitchers. Yeah. I mean, and we should get Jackson. Jackson Wiggins should be back from his uh, Tommy John surgery that Tigers took out. Yeah. Tiger Hunter Holland indicated that he would not be surprised if he was suiting up as a Razorback next year. Hagen Smith is going to be back. So, like, right there, you've got four legitimate starters. And yeah, no, we I got agree. better at but catcher Bolden, getting Texas Tech. Uh, Hudson White transferred in. He's got a really good OPS for a catcher. So, I'm, I'm excited about that because we didn't have – I mean, the bottom of our lineup, Hudson Polk and Parker Rowland at catcher, they were yeah. – they were not good. White has a nine four seven OPS compared to five six seven by Roland. That's just. Yeah, I would say one of the teams I'm most intrigued with is I want to see what Vanderbilt does. They just landed Sawyer Hawk, the closer I think out of Air Force, All American, uh, big time arm. But just with what they should have been this year to what they weren't, I'm just curious how Tim Corbin attacks the the portal. And they're the number two recruiting class as of right now. So it remains to be seen. I think, you know, overall, you, you're right. The Blue Bloods are probably going to be back. I mean, we had for the first time in a while the preseason favorite win, win the College World Series. Yeah. And, and it came down to the number one team, Wake Forest, number what was Florida two or Florida three? Two. Florida, Florida two. two. So, like, really the chalk – Chalk yeah. is what ended up winning, and yeah. that's usually not the case. And, and but we said that all season. There was six yeah. seven teams that were just so far ahead of everybody else, and we saw, you know, outside of maybe TCU, who wasn't necessarily yeah. included in that, we we nailed three of them: Wake Forest, LSU, and Florida. You know, this they're they're just too dominant this year. So February sixteenth. Mark your calendars, 2024, the college baseball season begins. We've got a Shriners Classic. We've got the College Baseball Showdown, all those early season tournaments played indoors. Uh, my Arkansas Razorbacks go back to Arlington, where they started the season this year. They'll take on Michigan, Oklahoma State, Oregon State in the College Baseball Showdown. You've got the Shriners Classic as well that weekend. Uh, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Baylor, Tennessee, Oregon, and Nebraska. And there will be several other announcements made. They 
tend to always do the first few weeks of college baseball. They have these tournaments going on, which are a lot of fun, a lot of good betting angles. Plus, you can just you, you can get a feel for the teams. They're they're yeah. still trying to figure out that rotation. You'll be able to peg who you think is, you know, who's a solid starter, who's going to be the ace moving forward, or yeah, you know, whatever. So it's good baseball. Don't wait. Don't wait until the very end to jump into it if you're uh, if you just started following us because of Omaha. So uh, college baseball February to June, man, you you don't want to miss it. No, I mean, I, I, when do you think we'll start covering hot and heavy like January? Yeah, because fall, fall ball will be over. You know, obviously, if we see portal stuff, we'll tweet it out. But January fall ball is over. You kind of know who your starters are going to be based off of uh, you know D one's notes, talking to all the coaches and stuff. So. That's going to be when we're, you know, hopefully there's lines out. We're looking at futures, you know, into that January, February timeframe. I mean, we had a killer year. I think you were, what, 90, 92 units or something like that? Yeah, 90, 92.97 units. I did. Wanted to finish over 100. Oh, I did 54. And I I haven't added my futures yet. I got to, something's wrong with our our spreadsheets. I got to fix it, but. I'm shooting for 75 next year. There's no reason why you can't break a hundred and I hit 75 and, and we keep this thing going. So with the announcement of we'll come back January college. For yeah. For baseball, yeah. we'll be here all summer long to get you guys ready. Cause we want to announce that we are going to start college football insiders. Yep. So Q, myself, and a couple other guys will be bringing their expert analysis in as we handicap college football for the upcoming season. So if you're a college football fan, hang around. Don't unfollow us because we want to <laughs> give you guys coverage all year long. So college yeah, football coming up next. Do you have a date? Do you have a date that you want to start? We probably need a couple weeks off. I just ordered. My yeah, wife, I just like, ordered the Phil, the Phil Steele college football guide. So I'm gonna dive into it, and I would say uh, like late July, mid to late yeah. July. I know my wife was not happy Florida lost, but she was happy college baseball ended. Yeah, I know so your wife. Mine. Same thing. Um, what we what we need to do is we need to just conveniently send them to the same resort for a weekend. And uh, they just let us do our thing. There you go. So it's uh, we're excited. We're going to be breaking down, you know, futures, uh, conferences, teams we like, you know, probably mid to late July. And then uh, game. I mean, games start like the third week in August or fourth week in August. You know, right at the end of August, week zero. So um, it's going to fly by. I'm excited. Yeah, I, me I too. Insiders is the way to go. That's that was my little. Uh, precursor into it usc man i i'm big on them this year i feel hey, like these caleb, boys leading that team caleb williams caleb they're williams they're finally gonna be able to to turn a corner yeah and i think if this team you know they go 12 and 0 11 and 1 they they get into the college football playoff i think their offense is is going to be good enough to compete with anybody i mean you saw it with tcu last year there's no reason that i i don't believe that USC could be this year's TCU where they just catch lightning in a bottle and, and can take it, take down the big boys of the big 10 and sec. 
So you just heard it here, the first take of college football. There, there you go. I like the Trojans. I think I got them 14 to 1 to win the national championship. Football. There you go. First one right there. Yep. Teaser. Totally unbiased because you know I'm not betting futures no. on Arkansas Razorbacks. No. Not in football. You won't see one for me unless it's an underwin total loss. Yep. So. All right, guys. Thank you all for, for following us along. This has been awesome. It, this is better than I could have imagined this going from yeah. that text message I got and early March to, to where we ended up this season. So thank you all to the new followers and to the old ones that have followed Q and I, we appreciate it. I hope we won you guys some money. Thanks for tuning in this week. See ya. <laughs>